I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening You're pinning words All like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Chris? 2017. Oh, wait, what happened to 100? <laughs> Everybody was taking it. Oh, okay. Everybody. All right, all right. So we're like, nah, New stuff, dude, new nah, stuff. Nah, all right, dude. okay. So we started in 2015, and we started going 16, 17. And I'm so in the like, 2015 group. <clears throat> yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So a little disclaimer, Lisa, Lisa, Colt Jam, Lisa Bolacaja. <laughs> um, her mother isn't feeling well today, so we're going to go ahead and do this show with my man, Chris Derrick, in the house. What's up, Chris? Chris. How y'all doing? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> hates Chris. Chris and I were just talking on, on Facebook yesterday. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> It was a pleasant surprise to see him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because she finally uh, watched Game of Thrones. Oh, that's right. The I saw season, that. The first season. <laughs> that. And I'm very curious to see someone who was like... Uh, Avoided the hype for so long, and now it's decided. Okay, I'm, okay, now I'm gonna dive in. I'm just right. like, okay, what do you think? She's too busy watching because, football and shit. That's you know, it's there just, you go. It's just, I'm just, I'm just curious, you know. Game of Thrones is hard to get into. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was. I mean, you know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I mean, but look, but, but, but you, you in now. Getting you into in it now. We get into it now. Okay. Yeah, but, but I mean, but I didn't know if you had to do introduction or anything. Or... I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. Uh, but <laughs> you know, just but you know, like seven years on, I think it's hard to get into. I mean, that, I mean, I mean, and and that, that's my thing. I no, think. no, it's only ten episodes, so it's it's not that hard. I I actually binge watch all seven seasons of The Good Wife. Which are like twenty two episodes or lot. something like that. Right, right. Yeah, I did that like last summer this time. Wow. Yeah. So that was wow. that was huge. So this is nothing. It's just I haven't had the time. And unlike there's some shows you can kinda watch when you kinda get to them. Right. This is one I couldn't get into because I would have to watch it when it was happening. Because if not, when you go on Facebook, people spoil oh, people everything. Right. everything. Right. So everything, it was yeah. like, I, I can't do it right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I couldn't be that committed. Yeah. Yeah. But now, yeah. I'm, now I got time. So, you yeah. know. <laughs> so first season, nice, nice. First season. <laughs> I mean, look, the first season. The what first you say? It took you to six or nine or something? What was it? Yeah, no, uh, the first three episodes. First three, first three. Um, oh, no. It took me the first three episodes to kind of get into it because there's so many people. A lot of characters. And I was like, well, who's the son of who? Right. And like, who's this wife? <laughs> who sleep with who? It's a lot. Brothers and sisters sleeping, sleeping together. together. You know, kids breastfeeding until they're like 12 years old. Like, it, was, <laughs> it was a lot going on. So. I mean, but to me... I think the final the the final beat of the pilot is so startling mm-hmm. that I was like, oh shit, I need to watch this show because I hadn't read any of the books. 
And then maybe four episodes in, I was like, where are the books? And I, just, I cruised through the first book. Oh, you, oh, you went back to the books? No, I didn't want to do all that. Well, I mean, <laughs> well no. It sounded like homework well, now. Because well, no, I was curious because I was watching it. And I was like, I know. I kept saying to myself, I know there's stuff they're cutting out. There got to be stuff they're cutting out. Right. And they actually didn't cut a lot out. I mean, like they cut out a few things, but... But it's really such a faithful adaptation. I don't think that anybody would be upset at the adaptation unless you just like didn't like who the actor's choice. I think but. if I read the books, which probably be enjoyable, but then it would take away from the surprise elements of watching the show. That's so, true. That's yeah, I'd rather true. just watch the show so right now. Just I mean, watch I go back show. and read the books no, later. No, yeah. But no, I was in after the first episode, but I didn't rush to watch the second one right away, then the third one, because I was still kind of easing into it. Right. After the third one, somewhere around fourth or fifth, is when like when it would go off. I was like, okay, what time is it? How much work I got to do? Let me get to the next exactly, one real quick. Right. And I started trying to knock them out. Right. And then when I got to nine, I'm yelling at the TV. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm telling you, I was fucking King Joffrey, that little brat. Oh, He's like, asshole. Oh. He's a straight asshole. Man, I was so level. mad. I was mad at Ned for just confessing shit that wasn't true. <laughs> and then Joffrey turned on. I look, I knew it was gonna happen. Cause I kept looking at it. This motherfucker, he going, oh, yeah, he did exactly what I thought he was gonna do. So, you got, know. Got, got Kelly Griffin hooked. Ain't that a bitch? That right. <laughs> <laughs> no, was good stuff, though. Hey, and, you know, um, eye candy, so. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Lots please, of it. Please eat. I mean, that's Lots enough of it. said. Yes. Yes. Enough said. I'm yes. watching yes. just for her. They showing <laughs> Whether you like girls or dudes, you're going to get some shit. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, Look, this is nice. They're like, we are, we are open for everyone. Who did this casting? I was like. <laughs> Yeah, it's some pretty good stuff in it. What's, <laughs> What's funny was is that like she wasn't the first choice. Like they had shot the pilot, had someone else in that role. The pilot was like came in at like thirty five minutes, and they like because right. those guys had never done TV before. HBO was like, "Well, go back and re- rewrite and reshoot." Because Craig Mazin helped them out, right? With the, with I, I think so. Yeah, he helped them. Yeah, really? Yeah, and so they had to, you know, they put another ten minutes in the pilot, but they couldn't get um, the actress who played. Um, Daenerys to commit, so they had to go back and find the girl who's in it now. Like she, I mean, <coughs> oh, okay, you know. And I was like, perfect choice. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I was kind of like, I ain't mad at I was, it. I was kind of like, did you not see her the first time around? Or, she's like embodies that role really, really. really she right. really does. Except her, her weird looking brother. I'm so glad he's gone. But. Oh yeah, he got played. Jesus, but ain't nobody. You know what else is good about binge watching right now is at the end of every episode they have inside the episode, right. Oh, so yeah. I watch the episode and then I get to hear a little backstory about a couple of things in there too. Right. And then going straight into season two, when I was watching mm-hmm. the previously on last season, mm-hmm. I realized when uh, Daenerys's brother died, when they poured that the go- the gold, gold on, on him, yeah. she actually said he wasn't a real dragon because you can't kill a dragon with fire, which I realized now after I saw the finale and I was like, oh, yeah. you got to put it all together. together. So watching it close together like this is helping me. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I get to yeah. like, you know. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, to me, when I, you know, like I was watching it as it was coming on and I just, you know, that's why I don't like to watch, I don't like to binge shows is because I kind of let the episode like feed into my head and think about it a lot more and discover things that happened. And then Does he all deep with it? You know, yeah, I got that kind of time, Chris. See what I'm saying, files. Right, right, right. Let me get these ten episodes in. Oh, I gotta get, get another minute or knock out the next ten. Let me chill out. No, I mean, I just, you know, that's that's me. That's me. I, you know. Anyway, so, so y'all know, y'all know how we're doing on the rant room. <laughs> if y'all ready, let's go ahead and get it in. So, welcome to the show, my big sis. 
All both of our big sis. Look, exactly. Uh, okay. <laughs> Kelly Griffin, writer, producer herself. What's going on, girl? Not much. How you doing? It's been Chilling. a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. As I said, I was number 12. Number 12. Wow, yeah, we still to, were at the house. I got to play there, that but. number when I go play roulette or something. Right. I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not know that I was... Like one of your guests, like early on, right. when you were doing it, yeah, we, had, yeah, we but we had did ten previously on another network, and then we were starting another ten, another ten. Okay, you would, so you were the twelve of the ten that we'd started, oh, right? Right, so I'm really twenty two. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. right. So we right. had a little experience. Me and Lisa had been teaching together for years, so we we had that kind of rapport with each other. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right. So it's been two years. Yeah. It's yeah. been a long time. Since I left you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but life is good. Yeah. Can I feel you like I'm getting rested mic? rested now. So, right. you know, I was tired. I was busy. So let's talk about you thing. being busy because it's been a little over two years now. So what you been up to since we last saw you? I don't remember where I was last time, but if we're going back to 2015, then right. I was I was at a Crowded on NBC. Which I want to say it might have been before you did Crowded. Yeah. Because you were in flux. You were in between. Yeah, so it's probably right before I got the crowd. Right, right. Which is the craziest thing because um, that was my, which it still blows my own mind. Like, Mm -hmm. it was my first job being staffed on a show. Right. I literally jumped from being a writer's assistant script coordinator Mm -hmm. to Tyler Perry's head writer. Mm Mm-hmm. And then sold my own show to BET. Right. What show? I had never been staffed. Mm -hmm. That's true. (laughs) It was very weird. (laughs) Right. You've been at the top. You've been at the top top all the way. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And they asked me, like I've been asked a couple of times, what do you want to do? Do you want to try to develop another show or do you want to work on a show? Right. And I kept saying I want to be staffed and people kept thinking I was crazy. And I was (laughs) like, I was like, no, but... I feel like I skipped some steps. Right, right. I need to go back Especially and see what that's like. Especially the network shit. <laughs> yeah, right. right. And that was another thing. I right. dealt with TBS with Tyler and BET right. and stuff like that. But no, this was uh, network stuff. That was another level. They so yeah. Playing. So I was like, they got I mean, real craft service and shit. Hey, uh, <laughs> man, <laughs> they didn't get me. Don't get me started on the craft service okay, and on they the, got their own offices and, and shit, on the right. parking space. Right on the lot. Babe. I had my own show at BET right. and did not have a parking space. Damn. I got the NBC. This is not my show. I'm working right. on somebody else's show, and I was a consulting producer. Right. And you got your own spot with your name on it, everything. I was like, oh, this is how okay, network drive living is. On <laughs> drive on. Yes. Where's my damn this golf cart to take you to Network life. Okay. All right. Yes. No, that was a whole nother level. Right. Yeah, but the food was just insane. Craft service in the office, craft service on the stage, right. craft service when we have show nights, dinner. Yeah. I mean, it's just food, catering all the time. Million dollar budgets. <laughs> it's really crazy because I did. I think I took a picture. I might have posted it on Instagram or something. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I remember thinking we had peanut butter, but we also had almond butter, cashew <laughs> butter. Like, you know, yeah. like I would go in there. Like, look what you Yeah, need. I was really like, this is insane. Like, you just can't just get peanut butter and jelly. You right. had all these options. Almond right. butter or something. It's, right. like, yeah. it's like, we, like, got like, we have gluten, we have vegans. We it have, was, yeah, but it, Five I, times the I, price. Almond butter might care. even be, but when they, the cashew butter, that was kind of like, okay, now I'm living, right? Like <laughs> Hazelnut up in here. We're going to get you. We're going to get right. you. <laughs> yeah, so network life is good. Um, but yeah, and unfortunately, the show got canceled after. Um, I think it was 12 episodes right. uh, And that was a good cast too I really thought that was going to go It was a good cast right. It was very funny I don't know what happened To be mm-hmm. totally honest with you We had the um, Probably same ratings As uh, Carmichael Really? Show. Yeah Well I kind of know what happened we, As we talk about Game right, of Thrones right. Part of it was We aired on a Sunday 
um, we were up against Walking Dead, and when right. the Walking Dead ended, then Game of Thrones. Right. Good and luck that with was that. Our, <laughs> right. Yeah, or vice versa. But yeah, that was our. Um, yeah, comedies on Sunday night don't no. work. They're usually dramas. There's Sunday night football. Right. There's movies of the week. Right. And there's you know cable. Right. Sunday, you know, mm. but Ninja so half hour comedy was not. <laughs> yeah, so that was a bad move. Right. Um, and and we also NBC had this weird formula. Hmm. I don't know if they still do it, but they premiere all new shows on a Tuesday right after The Voice. Right. So we, you start on a, that, and then you go to your regular slot right. the, the following week. Which is not bad. It gives you a good good bump right after it The does, Voice. It does, but no one knows where to go. They, oh. So people watch Tuesday after The Voice. after that. Right. Oh. Which, and our ratings were high. Right. And then there we came on Sundays, and then I had people texting me going, "Wait, what happened to the show?" I'm like, "Oh, we're coming on Sunday." <laughs> so that was a little odd. Right. Yeah, and on top of that, it's not like it probably would make sense, but they kind of premiered it on Tuesday after the Voice, and then that same episode would be the start of the Sunday or something. Right. I don't oh, know. But so it, episode it went to the two next episode. Also. So if you came on on Sunday and either missed a Tuesday or you on right. Tuesday and didn't realize they moved to Sunday, it totally changed around. So. Right. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> we lost some people in the mix. Right. <laughs> yeah, and stuff just wasn't explained. Now the billboards, though, here's the crazy part: the billboards when gave the premiere date, it was the Sunday date, not the Tuesday date. Oh, so if you were falling by the billboard and mm-hmm. said the show's premiering on, I think it was March, whatever, mm-hmm. you tuned in on that Sunday, but you already were kind of lost because you already missed the episode from Tuesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so very weird formula that they had. Like I guess I don't know if they still do it, but can we talk about something? Help. Can we yeah. talk about something? But go ahead. Did you have something? I just was. I mean, but I guess that's what NBC does, and then doesn't like ABC premiere a lot of stuff after Dancing with the Stars and stuff. I mean, I don't know. I think they all kind of the, do it they, in their because, own because, way. Yeah, but the, the Billboard some, date though should match right. the, the date the, the, that you're like, gonna, even right. if it's Tuesday after the Voice. That should be the that should be the date. Yeah, right. don't put the Sunday date. Because <laughs> you, you know, it was just I don't know. Hey, or, I ain't running the network, yeah, so yeah. whatever. But yeah. I'm just saying, I think all that played a role in the right. the ratings. Yeah. I think the cast was phenomenal mm-hmm. and the writing was funny. Like mm-hmm. we had a really great time there. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was. You feel like? Well, let me ask you this, and I'll go back to my question. Do you feel like going into the network thing? You feel like you learned a lot of shit that'll. Oh man! Like what the fuck were we doing? I went to grad school for real. That was like it was. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. It was a big deal. It was stuff that I learned. <laughs> okay, this is a story that maybe tell I don't it, even. I don't know, no, no, no. I don't know if people are going to get it. And first of all, you had to work on a multicam show with scene letters to even get it. <laughs> like, let's just say that. But on every show, every quote unquote black sitcom I've ever worked on, we've mm-hmm. never used a scene L. What? That's it's, right. Right, right. L. So it's right. always a, so. Can you explain, explain that to people who don't know what that been happening? Well, yeah. Was it Fingal? F I N. Uh, was it G O L and then Q S U V or the Something letters like you don't right, use because right. the letters, I guess like they say the headphones and yeah. stuff like that on stage and production they sound like you know you say this letter sounds like another letter so they avoid it and then when you write them on the board you know S could look like a five this could look like the, you know so they change them right. anyway um, so L which is a letter that I've always been told not to use <laughs> I get to NBC and. You know, every script has an L in it. It's a scene L. And I'm thinking like, okay, wait, what's going on? (laughs) So I actually leaned over to one of my colleagues. And I was like, "Um, every show I've ever worked on, we never had a scene L. And he leaned back and said, you're in a white show now. You get an L. (laughs) And he was 
like joking about it, but I was like, oh man, I get an L. Like, that's because that's something I didn't know. But I'm curious: is it? Is it? Is it? I mean, that black people can't say the word L. I mean, I mean, no, it's 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 actually. I'm telling you, if you if you write an L. It could look like, like if you're writing one. fast on a slate, like, it a, look one, like a one, right? you know, I, an I yeah. look at that. So L is not in it. Same thing with the G. Right. I guess it depends it on it. It could be a C. It could be whatever. It means there's certain letters it, they it. just avoid to just not cause confusion. But right. for whatever reason, L is okay on network television, but it was not okay on any show of work. So basically, 2000 to 2015, <laughs> I've never used an L in 2015. Now I get to NBC like, and I'm oh. like, there's a scene, L? <laughs> Yeah, so and apparently it's not a problem. No right. one's had any confusion there, so L works. You had to make a quick adjustment. Yeah, it was just a funny. It was just funny to me, but that was yeah. just one of the one of the, the minor things, but funny things that I noticed was a change in well, network let me, let me versus uh, non-network. One of the things our show is all about is how. So what I'm curious about, because I know you, I know some of your journey, and what I'm always curious about with is, so you get a BT show or a TBS or something like a. Tyler Perry-ish type of show. Let's just generalize that. What people don't know is you might be running a show or the head writer or whatever on those type. But when you come out of that, there's almost like Hollywood is like, oh, you did what show was that? I never heard yeah, of that. Yeah, you back to square one. You know one. what I mean? You almost like back to square one. What was your, how was it like for you to 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 get over to even get to getting the consulting, you know, Job. You know what? It's, oh God! I, I, I tell this story, but it, it's, wasn't it easy. sounds no, it's not, and it sounds so racial. Right. But it is, though. I guess. So <laughs> I mean, um, I, I wrote a. I had to write a script. Okay. First of all, all the shows I mainly worked on were multi-camera, half-hour, you know, sitcoms. Right. So I had to write a single-camera, half-hour sitcom that was. A non-black family sitcom really? because everything at that point that I had worked on, right. from the Parkers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to House of Pain, mm-hmm. you know, I uh, worked on a I don't know one-on-one, all those different little things, right. and um, including my own show, Read Between the Lines, all family sitcoms, all black, right. all you know, uh, we call it like right. cable right. networks or whatever, UPN and right. TBS and whatever. Um, so. I needed to get repped by a good agency, mm-hmm. and I needed to prove that I can write more than just a black family sitcom. Right. So I wrote a single camera buddy comedy about three white boys and a girl and a dog. <laughs> it was called Three Guys and a Bitch. That was, <laughs> and that was the thing that got me repped at Gersh, and mm-hmm. then kind of went from there. Okay. But it was like I had to like show mm-hmm. that. I cannot be a black writer, which sounds <laughs> right. crazy, but it was like, because right. they look at you and think this is the only thing you can do. Right. So I had to I had to do that and switch it up. And um, so that was that, which kind of got me, you know, meetings at least. And I got to meet a lot of different people. Right. Um, but it's still, it was a good maybe year or two of right. meetings between every network that seemed like I was making all these relationships, but mm-hmm. nothing was still landing or whatever. Right. And, and, <laughs> and, and that's what, the reason why I was saying that, I feel like when you came on the show a couple of years ago was when you were in flux. You yeah. Know, it was like during that time when you were trying to decide how you were going to Yeah, just over, like, how, yeah, how do you get to this <laughs> right. next move? And right. that was, and then no disrespect to BT or TV One or anything like right. that, but in my, in my mind, I was like, I really want to get to a major network. Right. 
and I want to do something, quote unquote, non-black. Just to, mm-hmm. like, you know, because I had to prove something to myself, too. Right. Because after a while, you can kind of get your own head with everybody kind of saying stuff to you. Right. I'm like, can I only write black families right. comes? Right, you know, right. so let me try something different. Yeah. So Three Guys and a Bitch came about, and like I said, I, it got me a lot of meetings. And shockingly, every time I walk into a room and they see this black woman come in, they're like, you right. wrote this? <laughs> yeah, it was like, three white guys. Right. And... Even little things like instead of saying that a character threw up, I said he hurls because right. that's what white guys would say. Like, you know, it was right. like, I never used the word hurl in my life, but it's in my script. So, you got because it. I had that's to like, right. you, you, well, you see, you have to be able to write that's in <laughs> the vernacular of, of like whatever you're doing. Right. And it's, it's interesting you say that about, about I'm switching, I'm. Like I'm black and I'm writing about white people. I think that's kind of inherent about if you're writing like any different genre. You know, right. like if you're writing action film all the time, there's a way of writing that you cannot do if you're going to write a drama. Right. You know, but that's interesting. You say that that something that nuanced is yeah, something that small, but it mm-hmm. made all the difference in the world. And then, like I said, it when I walked in the room, they were shocked that I wrote it. Like this black woman wrote it. They right. really, they were like, oh wait, you wrote this? You know, <laughs> yeah. So, but here's the thing that got me. Go ahead. The, the little kicker at NBC, which was kind of funny. Um, I, I, out, mo, mo, most of my friends know I hate dressing up. Like, right. I, it's not my thing. Right. I'm a jean sneakers, mm-hmm. baseball cap, t shirt person, whatever. Mm-hmm. And dressing up just makes me uncomfortable. And obviously, it shows, and I didn't know it. But so, do you ever have to dress up as a writer? No, but when I go to like meetings, you have all these exact you know network meetings you see, like you that. But, little, but here's the crazy right, part: right, right. starting in the world that we started in, right. quote unquote, black family sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Every showrunner I ever had was black female. Right. A lot of the execs I've met with um, were black women. Right. Even even when I got started going to ABC and everything like that, and NBC stuff, I met with Karen Horn. I met right. with uh, Jamila Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, who else I met with over there? Uh, Tiffany Smith, um, I don't, I, I know why she's gonna don't kill me, Kip, Tiffany. <laughs> I know why uh, CBS, whatever. But all these different black women right. or women that I met, that it's almost like even we could be the same age or whatever. But right. you go meet with them, it's like me with your sister, your aunt, your mom, whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. You have to dress a certain way, right. like you okay, just, you, you know what I mean? Right. Okay, right. so you want to be clean. You want to be clean. Yeah, because right. there's black women. I don't know. I'm not saying they, those women I just mentioned, would judge me. But I'm just right. saying in general. We can be judgmental and right. be hard on each other. Even more so. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. You, you have to have your fresh sneakers on because if see, you don't, well, you know what she got on fresh. Well, that's yeah. the thing. But here, no, <laughs> I'm wearing heels the whole nine. I'm doing really? everything going into all these meetings okay. because I'm, I got to be professional. I got to be this. I got to be that. When I had meetings at like CBS or um, where else did I go? Just different places where I, mm-hmm. and I would see who I'm meeting with. Mm-hmm. Usually if it was a white guy. I felt okay wearing jeans or something like right. that um, because half the time their version of dressing up would be jeans, a blazer, and then right. like you know uh, yeah. they might wear some some vans, kind of, some yeah, slippers, some yeah, something, something like that, yeah, button down shirt mm-hmm. as opposed to right. a t shirt, right, right, right. It's just but it's not really dressy. It's not right. the same as when you go meet with the black one, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so the clothing thing became a whole thing, and I think all this was like stressing me out. So <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> So I must go into these meetings and not feel that relaxed. See, that's see, funny though. See, that's see funny. I must have messed the meetings up <laughs> because <laughs> I've gone to black like like meetings and just wear the same clothes that I wear. To, right. to, to, I mean, you know, I 
you know, definitely have like shoes that I just wear to go in meetings. You know, right. I don't wear them any other time, but for that, I mean, they're like Air Force Ones or something like that, or whatever it is, because that's a, because that's what I'm gonna wear. Right. But I feel like I met with Tiffany at CBS, and I was wearing like a t-shirt and jeans and sneakers, and I was like, well, see, maybe I should have not worn that. You know, I don't know. But still, let me get to my point though. Okay, so here's the thing: here's what happened. So NBC is supposed to have a meeting for this show, um, for Crowded. Right. I'm supposed to have a meeting on a Monday. They called the Friday before that Monday and said, can you come in right now? And I was like, <laughs> I can't come in right now. First of all, I hadn't even, I was going to spend the weekend doing my, all my research and my right. background information on, right. you know, Suzanne Martin and the whole, mm-hmm. the whole thing, right? And they were like, no, we, like, if you don't come now, there's no meeting. Because we're not meeting anybody on Monday. We decided to do everything by everybody on Friday. <laughs> and I was like, I had, it, like, be here now. Like, yeah. it wasn't even like be here in a couple of hours. Be yeah. here now. So you can IMDb And I was out. <laughs> I, my car, I had an old car still. My car had no AC. It was one of them heat wave days. Oh, yes. I was wearing sweatpants. I had on a T-shirt that said, <laughs> might have been a T-shirt I think I had on, on a picture with you. It said, right, um... Right. Uh, casual Friday, casual Friday, <laughs> sneakers, whatever, sweat pouring up my face, right. and I had to rush over because I didn't have time to go home, change clothes, and then go. Right. So this is the very first meeting ever in my entire career, <laughs> sweats, t-shirt, and sneakers, and I got the job. So right. ever Lesson. since then, right. I stopped dressing up. Right. I was but, like, but this is it. Now I'm going to just be casual and be me because I'm comfortable. Right. Apparently, I'm not comfortable when I dress up. <laughs> Especially in the comedy world where, let's just say it, white men rule. They're all a bunch of comedy nerds anyway. They're no, all- but see, Suzanne Martin, though, is really funny. Suzanne Martin dresses every single day. Really? Yes. I mean, like, every single day. There like, wasn't a day she ever came to work and she didn't have on, like, five-inch heels. Really? Yes. Like, all the time. That's Skirts, unusual. dresses, hair's done all the She's time. She's making a statement. Right. She's like, all statement. the time. I've never seen her, like, casual. Okay. But on this particular day, yeah. because they had just gotten off a flight from New York mm-hmm. and decided to have these meetings, she was actually kind of casual, too. All right. So we were both, that's the only time I've ever seen her that casual. Okay. But yeah, I came in. But at that point, it was one of those, not, not even overthinking it, over trying it, nothing. I came in and... Was like, look, okay, apologize for my appearance, but y'all called me, said, get here, I'm here, let's do it. <laughs> right. And I was like so relaxed uh, yeah. as opposed to like, what can you do? Whatever right. happens at this point happens right. because I was going to meet y'all on Monday. Y'all move this to Friday. <laughs> I ain't going to stress about this shit, right. so let's just do it. Yeah, but see, that's the thing about I think any like, meeting you have with a so-called power player job, right. showrunner, English writer, what have you, is that that sense of I can take it or leave it because that actually means that that's how you're going to be all the yeah, time anyway. coming in and not thirsty. You know? Yeah, and I right. think that's what happened. And, right. that's, and, and, that's, and that's the most authentic you and and those people know that. See, sometimes I think they fuck with you and like call these meetings and switch them up just to do that to people. <laughs> you know what? I know we told him he's, he's gonna come right. in next week, but let's get him before he had any chance to research us and let's just pull him down. <laughs> let's just see what happens and, and keep him off right. centered. You know, when keep him. That was it, and that know. was yeah, that was exactly it. I went in there and was totally like. You know, all right, yeah, not thirsty. Whatever happens, happens. You go in any other time, you're like, oh my God, I really need this job. Right. And you're all dressed up. Right. And you're like, you just want to make sure you're perfect. You answer all the questions right. At this point, with the sweat pouring off my face and my non air conditioned car and right. the heat and wearing my sweats, I was like, all right, it is what it is. So I can go in, just do it. If it doesn't work out, whatever. And that was it. So yeah, and I got that call. So that was, that was, 
good, good thing. So yes. now we're sneakers every single meeting. <laughs> I've never, I've not worn shoes again since. <laughs> I think that's a smart, smart move. I mean, we we all we all know the story we heard about Michael Jackway when he showed up in his suit. Did you hear the story? No, no. I think he came in for the Cosby Fellowship and he showed up in a suit to the to the fellowship. Oh, really? And Doreen was like, "What are you wearing?" <laughs> Damn. So she corrected him. He learned like never to do that shit again. Of course, he came in a full on like like three reverend piece type of wow. You know, I never heard that three like piece that. like fucking. I've heard suit. that a few times. I, th- there was some other writer. I think it was a cosmic. There was fight. some other writer who I saw speaking. Some other black. Uh, I can't remember. Which show. I think he writes on. Um, maybe he writes on Shameless, not Shameless. That show with the Don Cheadle show. This I think. Gone oh, now. love that um, show. Uh, House of Lies. House of Lies. House of Lies. Yeah. I think maybe him. He when he first came out here, he's like from like. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's from is. like Missouri or right. Kansas City. And he says something similar. He said, "I came to a job and." You know, I think it was like on. Uh, he was telling me the same story. He was like, "Yeah, I wore a suit." I, I remember I came out here. <laughs> I, you know, that's my desk. And I said, "You got to wear a suit to interview." And I was like, "Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not interviewing for a, for a creative job. I mean, for right. a corporate job. I'm interviewing for a uh, a creative job. Right. I got to show them my creative. Right. You know, like do I have a cool T-shirt on. Yeah. You know, does it have a cool phrase on? Right. Because people, that, I bet you that casual Friday, they're like, look at Kelly, she got. Yeah, it was. A, you know, <laughs> it was a Friday too. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know? It's just that you know, like that's a detail that kind of speaks to who you are. You know, so I mean, it's simple, but you know what? No one chooses a T-shirt with a logo on it haphazardly. No, right. Right. I didn't care about the words right. on my shirt. Uh, yeah, right. whatever you choose, something that tells you about you. Yeah. You know, if you, if, yeah. if you need to be haphazard, you get a blank shirt. You know, like right. I got time, you get this and you're straight. You know, that's. I mean, I mean, that's like an observation that I've noticed. You that's know? true. That's true. So, right. so that you know, anyway, that was my switching over. Kinda, that's, no, you know. that's interesting because I'm like I said, I'm just always curious about that. In the yeah, life. right. Again, so to recap, right, go ahead. Wrote the white script right. <laughs> and um, didn't dress up on my last meeting. But even though that script wasn't the one that um, that got me to NBC too. The, you said what you said with Cherie? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, the script that I had for that Suzanne Martin before I even, to even get that meeting was a different script, and it was um, a multicam mm-hmm. because they're looking for a family. Because it was a family show still, right. but it was a you know all white cast um, except for uh, Carly's Burke was the only black cast member. But it was still a family sitcom, so mm-hmm. I still gave them a family script. So I didn't give Suzanne Martin the three guys and a bitch. Right. I gave her another script I had called Jackie and Jill. Um, I think you told me about that with Jackie and Jill. Yeah, yeah, that was loosely based on and my life, my relationship, my, yeah, yeah, and the kids and all like oh, that. Right. So yeah, okay. so that one, uh, yeah, that one. Just the reason why I got the meeting in the first place, and then when I got there, like I said, then I wore the sweats and the t-shirt, and I guess it all just kind of worked out. All right, so, it was cool. so the, right now you're on Fuller House, right? No, we wrapped it. I'm we not on it. it, but okay. no, we yeah, uh, it, it premieres uh, Friday, right. the 22nd, Friday the 22nd. So that's um, third season. That's Netflix, right? Yeah, it was the first, and yeah, it was already two seasons done. This is the third season, 18 episodes. Um, they're dropping nine. On Friday the 22nd, right. and then it'll be like a three-month break, and then another nine 
I think in December or something like that. It's like season 3A and 3B. It's kind of like Game of Thrones, right? right? Like (laughs) People are splitting the seasons up now. It was the same season. I think Walking Dead made that really popular, I think so. Yeah, Yeah. so that's what's happening. So, so, So how different was that working, say, at Netflix? Because everyone is talking about the level of freedom you have as a writer there. Compared to BET and the network, and, and the network, yeah. BET is different because BET is the network and the studio. Okay, it's the same people giving the notes. It's, it's very interesting, but whereas like at um, we have like okay, so Netflix is the network, and then Warner Horizon was the studio. Okay, okay, yes, yeah, so you got you got notes from one set, and then notes from the second set. And then combine notes, you know, from both or whatever. So it's a little different. I wouldn't say though. I don't know if I'd be as quick to say about freedom. I mean, oh really? <laughs> okay, I'd love to hear this. No, I'm just saying. I think notes are notes. I mean, I haven't seen any any show I've worked on yet where I mean they give you the notes and they kind of say you can take it or leave it if you want. You know, they're just suggestions. But right. nine times out of ten, they you want to take the notes. The notes. Right. It's very rare that you can just like say fuck it and take no notes. Like well, no, you gotta I mean, take some notes. I've heard, I've heard some people say on the Netflix shows they like don't get any interference. It, which Netflix shows? Really depends. Some right. of the drama. So, so maybe maybe a little bit of drama. drama. I know uh, Chuck Lorre at CBS and now yeah, he has disjointed. Yeah, I think you certain people that just don't. They just like all right, you know what you're doing, just do right. it. I guess I'm not saying Jeff Franklin didn't know what he was doing, but I mean he did. Full House for eight seasons before the, the creating this, but yeah. um, no, there are notes. <laughs> there are notes, and sometimes we're like, oh, I don't know if we should take that note, and we don't take it, and then you have like another rehearsal. That note comes back, and they go, you "Did know, we tell you this before?" Yeah, but they'll say it like that though. They'll say it like. They actually might just say the note again as if they never said it before. <laughs> right? I mean, it's not a bad thing, but they would just say, you know, they'll give you the same note. Or they'll be nice about it or try to create a way and say, we see that you are trying to go into this direction or whatever, but is it possible we can just try to take a look at this still right. or whatever? You know what I mean? So I Now, here's the thing about it, though. I will say this. Every show I've worked on, every showrunner, and I mean, I just, maybe it just comes with the territory. Nine times out of ten, you're like, oh, fuck them and their notes, right? Because <laughs> it's, it's basically people kind of like, you being creative and someone saying, no, nope, can't do that, need right. to do it this way. Exactly. And it, it, it drives you crazy. But whenever we really sit down and try to really take the note, at nine times out of ten, I'm telling you, it, it usually wasn't a bad note. Like... It, it takes you some other direction you didn't think about. Because it forces or, you to look at it differently. Yeah, right. that's what happens. So I've learned not to really fight them. I don't. None of the shows I'm working on. I mean, they. I don't have to, I don't. I don't fight them or not fight them. I just go with the flow because it's right. not my show. But right, right, right. I'm just saying I've 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 watched writers sit in the writers' room and kind of jump on the bandwagon with the showrunner. So the showrunner goes. Oh my God! Just all these these notes. I can't stand these notes. And other people were just joining. Yeah, these are stupid notes. They just join. <laughs> I don't say any of that. I'm just sitting here because some some notes are you know some are like hey that's a little nitpicky. But right, right. you well, know, let's just try and see what happens. Well, yeah, because see, to me, this is the thing. I think a lot of times you get notes from people that 
um, maybe they don't understand what you're doing. But I, but you know, like I remember the first time I, I like director shadowed on this show called Committed mm-hmm. that was on uh, NBC. So I went through, the, I watched them through the whole process of the rehearsal on this is multi-cam show and seeing how all that worked. It's interesting to see that you know the the network people and studio people, you know, like they knew what they wanted. They knew what is going to work for not just the show that they bought. But what's going to f- work for their the tone of their network? You right. know, they and they know that more than anything. I think they know right. that more. No, they know more than you. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, <laughs> right. then the creators are because you know, and it goes back to what some people have said to me about why they don't they they would caution people from writing pilots that you're going to pitch because you can't ever get it specific enough for. Right, that network. If you're writing it, like I remember, remember a guy at HBO was like, he was like, don't ever bring us a pilot written because it's not because because you don't know what we do, you know. And so I kind of feel like you're right. I mean, like people, the the network people are going to push you in a direction that uh, I mean, but it happens with any note. I mean, when people give me notes on the script, I listen, I think about everything. I don't dismiss anyone's note out of hand, and, and unless I can tell that. They didn't understand what I was doing in the first place. And right. then it's like, well, whatever you say is off base, you know. <laughs> but if I know they're on base, then I have to do – I mean, your whole job as a writer is to communicate an idea. And the first people who get to, like, litmus test your idea are the people who are giving you notes at the network in the studio, you know. And they're kind of telling you, you had an idea – it didn't communicate right, or it didn't communicate yeah. well. That's that's pretty much usually. It usually didn't, didn't communicate well. Yeah, it's usually they have a certain brand, and they like you said, they know what they're looking for for their network or whatever, and the direction they're trying to go. Um, but if they have that many questions, then clearly we ain't saying it right. Right, they got bumped. Yeah, right. right. And like I said, unfortunately, I've watched a lot of uh, people who are running the room want to fight it. And they get pissed off, but it's more personal and ego stuff than it is like, why don't you just take a second <laughs> and think that maybe we just did not say it right. right. Just they didn't understand it. But of course, if they don't understand, then it's like, oh, they're just idiots or whatever. Or they, it's, it never fails. Every show I've worked on, it never fails that it, they, they always accuse at least one of the executives of wanting to be a writer. <laughs> oh, he just wants to be a writer. That's why he's saying that. You know, right, whatever. Right, right. He needs to stay in his lane. Whatever, yeah. whatever. It, it's a big, everybody gets defensive and upset and like, whatever, as opposed to, let's just look at the note for a second right. before we start cussing the person out. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And it might make us think of something that we didn't think about or right. clarify some things or maybe there is another way to say this that's not so convoluted or whatever, you know, so, you let me, know. Let me ask you a question. So, coming from the shows you came from... You Checking check scores score. while you... While you Go, ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm listening. <clears throat> coming from the shows you came from before you went to the network shows... Um, you were saying earlier, like you, you told like like your raps and your friends and whatever you wanted to, you know, move to network shows or whatever, right? And you wanted to go on staff. What do you feel you've? I don't want to be specific. Like this is what I learned. But what's it like having been the the head writer on the show who's telling everybody what to do to being someone who has to sit in a room and and listen to somebody tell you what to do? It's is hard. Right. It is hard. Right. Um. Yeah. I'm I'm already a. 
an opinionated person. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, I, and I already give unsolicited <laughs> advice. So I already know that about myself as a person in my life in general, with my friends and family. <laughs> so sitting in a room, um, yeah, it's hard. It's very hard. Right. Um, I... I've actually, again, kind of like with the note stuff, I've actually had, I mean, I learned the hard way, unfortunately, but learning to sometimes, okay, I can explain it. For people who work on multicams, there's a whole week of the same script. Right. You know, so you're going from a table reading and then you have a rehearsal. And sometimes you have what the producers run through right. where they, the cast will do the, run through the whole show mm-hmm. for the writers and producers. Right. Then we make changes to the script. And then you guys shoot what day? Thursday, or Friday. Fridays. Right. Okay. Then it's the mm-hmm. next day, studio comes in. The cast runs through the whole show, top to bottom, right. and then they give notes. You make changes to the script. You guys have an audience. Yeah. Okay. Then the network comes in the next day. Damn. And the cast runs through the whole script, top to bottom, right. and then they give notes. You make changes to the script. So the script changes constantly, right? right? So here's what I've learned. And it took me a minute to learn this, and because again, now it's my first time being on someone else's show. This I don't get. You don't have that kind of time on on those other shows. Yeah, this is like no, you get this time, but it's not my show. So, and on top of that, you are trying to you. Everybody's vying for positions, and you know whatever, and you want to make sure you are earning your keep. So you want to make sure you're pitching enough, and that you're contributing, and you know whatever. So, there would be a joke at the table read. That I know for a fact is not gonna last. Like it's mm. it's funny, yeah. but not funny enough. Why I think it's gonna make it all the way to the right. end of the week to show night. Right. And so what I used to do is like as soon as we do that first rewrite, mm-hmm. I pitch a new joke, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I kid you not. Probably ninety nine percent of the time, my boss would get mad. Really? I can tell they're mad because it already got a laugh. Like what you talking got, about? There you go. Right, exactly. Right. That's one. It got a laugh. What are you mm. doing? Two. Um, there's other problems in the script that need to be fixed. Mm. Why are you picking on that? Right. You know, whatever. Right. Um, three. Usually, I don't know. The first couple of scripts are usually written by your boss sometimes right. or whatever. Um, but it, it just it just comes off as um, I don't know. Arrogant, arrogant and, mm-hmm. or, or eager or whatever. I don't know yeah, what yeah. it is. I don't know what the issue is, to be honest with you. <laughs> Other than the fact that, yeah, you just like, it's the first day, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, so I, I, I did that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it took me a while. I'm like a little hard headed. It took me a while mm-hmm. to kind of realize not to do that. <laughs> so that's what I started doing then was, and I talked to uh, one of my colleagues, you know, Vincent Brown. Yeah, Vincent. Yeah, Vincent. Oh, Vincent's on the show? No, no, no. This is not. This is not on this show. I'm just saying in general. Okay. Yeah. But no, Vince is not on. on Vince and I actually never worked together. Right. Um, but we're colleagues. We're both right by the same manager, okay. and I, I call him for advice and everything. But it was like, so when you know the joke is not going to work, write down some backup jokes. Right. Don't say nothing yet. Right. Keep them to yourself. Yeah. Go through the first rehearsal, and then usually see if the joke still stays there. And right. sometimes it does, right? But a third rehearsal. Now here's the thing that happens by a third rehearsal. One. Everybody's heard the joke several times now. No, it's not now it's not that funny anymore <laughs> to them anyway. Right? Exactly. <laughs> well, you kind of saw that from day one, but right. it's not that funny anyway. Now you can pitch something else right. that'll be fresh, and now we only got one more rehearsal before we're shooting that anyway. So whatever you pitch is closer to the night we're about to shoot right. will probably actually stay. Okay. 
As he so you were it. just too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was out too too soon, right. too soon, too okay. eager, good too enough. like whatever. Right. <laughs> so That's then I was like, I started waiting, and then I was like, all right, let me see if this this joke stays. And then eventually they were like, yeah, we need something on page five. And I'd be in my <laughs> mind like, I, I told, told you, y'all that day one, two and a half days ago, <laughs> right? I told you. But now I just go ahead and and say, oh, you oh, know what? I got a pitch, and then pitch a joke, and everybody, oh my god, yeah, that'll work. And you put it in there, and then it's like their show night. Like right. just, just, just gotta find your rhythm. Slow right. your pace down, whatever, and just pay attention. And every once in a blue moon, the same joke you thought was gonna last actually might last. So you never know. But so check this out. Let me ask you something about like when you guys go down to like rehearsals and mm. stuff like that. Um, a friend of mine was a showrunner on on this one show we did with um, Cedric the Entertainer a couple of years ago. <clears throat> and so I would come into the room and just, you know, chill with them and, you know, be in the room, whatever. So I'd walk with them down to the to the stage and I befriended one of the co-EPs and we would just hang out. And I would go down to him to the set and they would watch a rehearsal and everybody would huddle around Video Village, right? All the writers, you know, taking notes or whatever. And he would sit there with his pen and paper, but he'd close his eyes and he'd turn his head. And I'd ask him, like, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you watching the monitor? And he says... Oh, I'm listening for timing. I'm listening yeah. for, you know, for, for tone. I'm listening for you know, pace. He's like, because you notice, you notice on that line, see how it says, whatever, did you see how? He was listening completely separate of everybody else. And whenever he would throw something in, it was flawless. Uh-huh. So I learned that shit too. So whenever I'm, do, I'm constantly, I watch just to make sure it looks right, but then I turn my head and I'm, just close my eyes it, yeah. and listen. See, so does the, it does the, the rhythm, rhythm sound is right. right? Yeah, it was it was see, a really good note. See, I like that because especially in comedy, especially. Well, yeah, but here's the thing: if you're if you're not directing the episode, you don't need to see it. You just need to hear it. You know, I mean, there's other people. Who, you know what I'm saying? Who are who are kind of like who are monitoring that. Right, but the but hearing the joke, hearing the pacing. But sometimes there might be a physical bit. Yeah, they say some physical or reaction from another cast member. You kind of need to see how that flows. So you kind of got to see it too. Yeah, but I like that because well, see, there's a lot of times like I'll like I'll listen to shows and not watch them, or I'll listen to stuff that I'm like cutting. You know, I mean, I just I do that. But again, I've seen it enough, so I'm like, is there? I I know there's a problem, and I can't pinpoint it until I hear it. You know, because I tell people all the time, the audio is actually more important than the picture in mm-hmm. a weird sense. Because your your mind will forgive like video flaws <laughs> a lot. It just, but you're not gonna forgive no audio flaw ever. Right. You know, like what was the hell? What, what happened? Like you stop immediately. The right. minute something happens, messes up your ear. You are like, it's a. Um, it's a it's, it's it's a bigger disconnect, I think. Hey Kelly, let me ask you. So they brought back Fuller House. Now they did eight seasons of the show. Mm. Did you have to go back and watch every bloody episode, <laughs> or how did you? How do you? Have how to, do you prepare I, I, yourself did. for something? I did like watch that? it. I didn't have to, but That's I did. Which they everybody laughed at me. They're like, "You watched all of it?" I'm like, right. "Yeah," because um, you don't want to repeat nothing. You don't want to. Which, interestingly enough, stuff still got repeated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I found out that uh, Jeff Franklin actually left season five. Oh. So he wasn't even on the last three seasons of mm-hmm. Full House. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had watched it all. And then, it, you know, somebody pitched an idea or something come up. And I'm like, they kind of did that already or whatever. Right. And they're like, really? You know, because yeah. I think I was the only one who actually sat and watched all the episodes. Right. It was a little crazy. But um, this version of it, 
<laughs> I think, first of all, it's very nostalgic. So Is everybody at, back? This Everybody except for the Olsen twins, yeah. Right. Um, but it's very nostalgic. So if you watch Full House, seeing all of the women growing up, like mm-hmm. in real life, they're, you know, in their late 30s, women early 40s. Kids and shit, right? Yeah, that, that part Family. is real. Like right. it's, you know, so it's kind of crazy seeing them. And then they have the guests, what they call the legacy cast, which is the cast from the original episodes, right. um, Bob Saget and John Stamos and them, mm-hmm. that come back for like three episodes each. Okay. Um, so it's, it is a nostalgic thing. And the cast, the, I'm sorry, the audience that comes in, mm-hmm. they like lose their damn minds. Like, really? yeah, I've been to a lot of audience tapings and mm-hmm. this crowd like... Like women cry when John yeah. Stamos walks out or whatever. Like <laughs> what? they lose their <laughs> wow. mind. It's very Beatlesque. It's yeah. so crazy. He's a heartthrob still. Yeah, that mm-hmm. the people like who watched it are like really into it. Mm-hmm. It's so so insane. But see, but see, that's I I I I'm a little surprised, but I'm ultimately not because Netflix is such a data driven company that they know. That this the impact the show has on people who are into the, like John Simmons. I mean, mm-hmm. that's probably why he still do the show, right? You know, like I mean, they, they probably said, you know what? He's these people have are gonna have an impact on this core audience that will watch this show. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know what the numbers and stuff were. They have a different way of calculating numbers than network television. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what I was told was um, they they can tell a couple of things. They can tell, let's say they say. Let's just say it was Game of Thrones. Let's say Game of Thrones was on Netflix. Right. They can tell by when they say it's going to start on this particular date, the number of people, of new subscribers they have to Netflix around that date. Yeah, That's one way. The other thing oh, is they can tell uh, people who watch from episode one straight through, mm-hmm. right. or if you watch maybe one and two and never got back to it, or whatever. So they can tell that whole flow of you know all that. I guess that's how they make their decisions. Um, so from what I hear, that first season that Fuller House came out was like some insane, crazy numbers because it was all based on nostalgia. Like everybody just wanted to see right. what the women look like growing up and what they're doing now right. and all that stuff. And um, then uh, I think season two, they dropped down a little bit, but still still high by, ne- by Netflix standards right. in terms of viewership, but not as close as it was for season one. So we'll sure. see what happens this you know, season three. Um, which is Friday, twenty second. <laughs> All right, so he, I don't know if there's going to be a season four yet, though. They don't, uh, they don't know that yet. So, so this is a question I want to ask you because you brought up nostalgia, and it's, I'm kind of like, what do you feel about these shows that continue, like they come five, back? Yeah, they come back, like five, you know eight, ten years later, I twenty years later. Whatever. This one actually, to me. First, first of all, I'm looking forward to Will and Grace. I will say that. Yeah, me too. I'm actually looking forward yeah. to it. We were so, trying to get them on the LGBT committee to come. And oh, really? That, yeah, they, I'm totally looking forward to it. To um, and plus, Sean Hayes was my boss at Crowded because oh, Hazy Mills right. was a production company for Crowded, right. which is also on NBC. Right. Um, so I got to actually spend time with him and sit on set and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then we all went to go see him in... Um, what is it? Acts of God? What's the play? That's uh, the. I know what you're talking about. Is it Acts of God? It is Maybe, Acts of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Books so. of God? Mormons of God. Like <laughs> Mormons of God. <laughs> Book of Mormon? What the hell? I don't even know what the name is. I think it's Acts of God. The one, because um, Jim Parsons did it first and now he's doing it. Now I'm going to have to Google it. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah look it up. Um, 
so we got to see him in that play and um it's a one-man show, basically, <laughs> and it's very long. There's no intermission, nothing like that, and he's so phenomenal in it, and he's mm. just a funny dude. Mm, mm. But, um, yeah, I actually missed that show, and I think that show was out. It was at a good time, but now, like, the LGBT community has come so far. I would right. love to see what they do now in 2017 as opposed to when they were first airing. Right. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, all other shows, I can take them or leave them. I don't know. Um, I know I think Roseanne's coming back. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I enjoyed it when it was on, but I'm not rushing to necessarily see it again or whatever. Um, Full House, though, turning into Fuller House, I think, was a big deal. Like, and the thing they did was a great concept because it was three men that were raising three girls. Now it's three women raising three boys. Mm, mm. And they is a play on the word Fuller because her last name is Fuller, mm, mm. but in Fuller House. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like a little twist. So interesting. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't know. Re- reboots, remakes. Eh. Well, I mean, they'll vary. No, Depends I mean, on what you like. Well, no, but I mean, I, I, I think it's not. An, it's not. It's, it's not a re a remake. It's like it's a continuation. I mean, that's it what is. I think, yeah, because this was like thirty years later or yeah. whatever. Yeah, because because uh, I, I, I don't know. Are there any dramas that have come back? No, I don't it's think just, so. It's just comedies, right? It's yeah, just, yeah, I don't think you can like come back years later and bring back ER. Like, I don't think it's the same. I heard some. Actually, I did hear stories about them trying to really? bring back. Really, the same tr- cast and just bring it back? No, they'll never be able. To get I heard the same they were thing. trying to bring back LA Law, but I'm like, that's who's, the one. I'm like, that's who's the still? One. I mean, yes, Jimmy Smith is still around. And I think Burson, it's different when you're dealing with with prof- most dramas are based on a prof- particular profession. Yeah, and most profession, oh, you try to come back years different. later. That cast is older, and then right. they probably would have retired, like yeah. in that profession, not yeah. in right. acting. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I think yeah. that's different. Comedy, yeah, these people just kind of went whatever. And yeah, you just and come and back and, and find out who that kid is. It's family stuff, or, too, anyways. It's different. I I, I, yeah. There's very few workplace. No, I'm not mad at all of them. Some of them, like, eh, you know, but right. I, even feature wise, though, I saw um, a trailer for Jumanji. <laughs> and Jumanji was one of my favorite movies with Robin Williams and right, stuff. Right. And I was like, how are they going to redo it? I'm thinking they're going to redo it, but. They do it now in a 2017 way. It's a video so it's game a rock, as opposed right? to a board yeah, game. Yeah, right. and I was like, Oh, this is different. It might be different. And people are avatars. They're like their characters in their video game as yeah. opposed to. So I'm actually looking forward to that. So mm. I don't know. Some things. Well, have a little well, twist. Well, well, I mean, look. I think the the movie thing is a little different. I think the movie is because the, the movie is like a one shot anyway. Right. But obviously, you know what? There's eight seasons of Full House when it came out. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like, and, and like you said, writing it. I mean, what? That's a hundred and. That's 160 some more episodes, right? Yeah, and then, and you get through, and then you got to come up with new jokes for right. that now. I mean, that's you know, I don't know. It's I, I I'm just curious to see how that all works. Yeah, that's more. why they have a team, though. Yeah, you know. yeah. So, um, Kelly, yes, are you act, an act of God? An act of God. Sean yeah, Hayes, an act okay. of God. Thank right. you, oh, okay, Jesus. Good. I don't. I wasn't that crazy. <laughs> 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 all right. <laughs> So are you? Um, so now that you guys are done, are you are you developing? You yeah, that's there? what I'm doing now. Which is which is uh, why it's, I can't jump right into the second season of Game of Thrones like right. I want to. Um, I have um, several pilots that I have to do. So here's what happens. Right. And just for I mean, I don't know how many people that listen to the podcast are still new to writing, but we probably have. I don't, there's. A hundred something thousand people listen to the show. Oh, all right, cool. Well, so for the people that are new, but the 
it is, this is the, the craziest part about this job where it makes me go, why the fuck do I keep doing this? Mm-hmm. But then when you're working, you're like, oh, this is why I do it. Right. You know, because you're happy and all happy. No, getting paid and loving it. Okay, but when you're, green envelopes, baby. Right, yeah. But when you're in between, you're kind of like, why? Because it is a constant reinventing of yourself. So all the scripts that I just told you about was, you know, three guys and a bitch and Jackie and Jill, whatever. They got me these jobs on all these other shows and all these other meetings. Now, every exec has read them, seen them. Whatever. So those are done. Like, right. So I got to write more pilots to like. Yeah, you can't even get, use it to get, to get more again. jobs. Right. Yeah, because right. people have already read them. Right. So even if I meet with the same people again, mm-hmm. or let's say Suzanne Martin has another show wanting me to come right. back, whatever, she might want to say, do you got any new material? Who, right. who knows? But you just right. got to keep writing. So yes, I, I'm, I'm working on um, a couple of pilots. And then I had. Um, has your has your writing switched since you went into the network? Scene? Oh, you said network to what? Since you moved into the network style? Yeah, you know, but be, be a little bit before network style, but definitely after network style. Right. Um, oh my god, like I said, it was like going to graduate school. Right. It was taking everything that I kind of already learned and mm-hmm. knew, but just totally enhancing it. Right. I watch TV differently now. Everything right. like there'll be jokes that I've worked on with in scripts and people, and they're funny. Mm-hmm. But I realize on network level, when you think the joke is over, mm-hmm. it'd be one more line that comes right. after that's right. even funnier. Right. And that's the thing that I was missing from a lot of mm-hmm. stuff that I was like, oh, they just take it one more step. Right. And I can't give you an example right now, right. but I've actually now when I'm watching TV, I'll laugh out loud and mm-hmm. then the next character will say something else and you laugh even louder. Even louder right. Then they're like, mm-hmm. oh, see, I would probably, if I was right, I would have stopped at that first one got, at that first laugh. Interesting. Yeah, so yeah. now I know, like, no, no, it's just one more. That was a good note. That was a good one. That was good. And also knowing when to stop. Like, you right. know, don't keep it going. Yeah. And I keep seeing that happen sometimes too, mm-hmm. though. And like, okay, now the joke's over. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's finding that balance. Yeah. But, um, I learned a lot. Um, Suzanne Martin with Crowder, even though it was only the 12 episodes, she was very um, big on, we were so involved in notes. Which is, I, can I, I don't know how to say this without, again, I'm trying to make it racist or racial or say, I don't want to offend any black people I've ever worked with. <laughs> but I've noticed that a lot of the black showrunners I work with, mm-hmm. and again, a lot of black women, right. They would get notes from the network in the studio, as we were talking about. They would just come in and tell us the network in the studio didn't like blah, 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 when you change blah, 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 blah. And that's all you know. Right. So far, though, with my experiences with the white showrunners mm-hmm. and network television and Netflix or whatever, whether mm-hmm. it's Jeff or Suzanne or whatever, they actually share the notes. Either we get, they'll print out the email mm-hmm. of the notes or Suzanne will put it up on the monitor that we have in our writer's room, mm-hmm. and we all read through the notes together. I think it's And so address important. them together. That, that little show I told you I was working on with that showrunner, whenever we got notes from the, I would sit with all the writers and print out all the notes so they all could read them. Right. And we would go through them, and the showrunner was like, why are you doing that? I was like, they need to know how this works. They need right. to understand why. See, see, now this is because there was someone who was telling me that the showrunner had sometimes, Right. The showrunner will have the writer on the note call with the studio. Right, for the episode. Yeah, for sometimes. the episode. So, uh, you know, we didn't do that on the shows I was working on. There's always an assistant maybe that types stuff up during the call. You know, but, but we didn't but here's the thing though, we didn't have calls. The last two shows are both oh, both just get emails. Okay. They asked yeah, because they here's what happens. Email. You get notes from the network and you get notes from the studio, and usually they're separate and they're separate calls, or they're all on the same call, everybody's talking at the same time, mm-hmm. whatever. 
And this I admire about Susanna for sure is she requested that they work out their notes together <laughs> and decide what they all agree on right. and then tell us what they are and just type up one email. Right. Yeah. And, they, and so we never knew which notes were the studio notes and which right. notes were the network's notes because they were all in one email. That's smart. And it wasn't specific who said what, which I think actually works better too because right. if you're on the call and everybody's giving notes, and I, I know me personally, I would try not to, but I know I'm human. Right. If one person kept giving me the same damn notes every call, I'm going to be mad at that person. Right. But if I get the email and it's a group, I don't know who specifically gave me this oh. note, then I can't be mad at them. Yeah. <laughs> I think really it keeps note. the relationships intact, too. Right. See, yeah. <laughs> I mean, see that's, that's smart that she did that. I know that um, Craig Mazin, he did mm. this seminar about how to do that on features. And he was like, you have to tell them. Mm-hmm. You guys work out your shit, like you just said, and give me this, you know, because I had worked on projects before where producers have conflicting notes. Right. And then you're like... And that's what happens. Right. And, 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 and then you kind of... Who are you supposed to please? Yeah, right. Well, you, the, the network has the final say overall. Yeah. Right. yeah well, but studios yeah. give you certain notes, the network has... Yeah. Network but, can veto all their notes, but... on, but the, on the feature stuff, and you, you producers from different companies, you don't know who's... Really, the you know who there's there's elements about their politics you don't know, right? And, and Craig was like, you demand that, you demand that, and if they and I mean, and I get why that's so important because and I think a lot of people don't realize why just as the writers like like it, it's gonna make your process easier to address what you got to address. Yeah, so. I think like I said, I think it preserves relationships. It makes it easier just to get the, like you said, the process is easier just to get one email with here are all the notes. Right. You don't have to know who said what. These are the notes. Yeah. Let's just figure it out. And obviously, if we got this into one email, that means they all have gotten on the same page already. Right. They agree. Oh, oh, right. Oh, because oh, something I've seen too is sometimes that they don't agree on the notes. Right. That There's overlap. That, that they're, right. I, and then I you're on the phone call, and the phone calls actually last a lot longer. Right. Because first, first, you got to wait to get everybody on the call again. That's a whole nother <laughs> exactly. thing in itself. To get all the people on the same call, that takes forever. Then everybody's trying to talk, you know, and then giving notes. And then they're not on the same page. They're going back and forth. It's a lot longer than just letting them work it out and then just send us the notes. So that was one thing for sure that that's my first experience dealing with that was when I got to NBC with Suzanne mm-hmm. Martin. was just like, okay, this is the next show I have. This is what I'm doing. This right. is an awesome process. Right. Um, also dealing with... Um, Actors' egos. Mm. Um, I've seen it happen on every show, literally from the Parkers all the way through to where I am now. Right. It, it, it never fails. Somebody got an ego about something or mm. whatever. And I've watched so many different showrunners handle it different, different ways, ways. Yeah. whatever. So, but but it helps I, you to see what you would do differently. Yeah, and right. so it's all good because I, I've watched um, some showrunners say they come in. Mm-hmm. They'll bitch and moan just to the writers' room, just yeah. like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this shit." Whatever, whatever. <laughs> but then you know, it's the person who's like, you know, they're, they're, we're here because of this person. Right. You know, anybody coming to see us, they come to see them. Right. So we somehow try to like accommodate their requests, as long as not something totally crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a way to like just massaging the egos that I was like, "Oh, this is," and I, I never had to do that either. Right, right. So yeah, learn all that. Yeah, network television was definitely. Yeah, it was it was a it was a big deal. Because I know I was listening to a podcast recently from KPCC, and they interviewed um, 
why I'm going blank on his name, Steven Bochka. Yeah. And he was talking about, remember back in the heyday, Invite Pity Blue and Hill Street Blues and all those other shows he did, he was talking about how, um, well, he said it because it's in his book, David Duchovny. David Duchovny? What's his name? David with the red hair. Oh, Crusoe. Crusoe. Oh, yeah. Crusoe. Um, the dude with the sunglasses. Was, was a big issue. You know what I mean? And, 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 and then he named somebody else, but it's all in his book. But he was talking about how he's made it now so that there really is no one star in his show anymore. So oh, that okay. nobody can destroy him. Yes, we do, so do a show with fired. an ensemble cast. It's a strong ensemble, and everybody is a lead. Do, yeah. some, you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, you know what? That's interesting about David Crusoe, because he, I think it was NYPD Blue. He, I believe, yeah. yeah. And then there was such a terrible like, kind of blow-up with that, mm-hmm. you know? And then he wanted to go and do features, and then he never had his... I mean, right. he really misstepped, because I think, I think a lot of people... Um, were on that mindset. This, right. That Bosco was like, don't get people who are going to destroy your show. And I think that, you know, then he came on, he came on the I'm CSI, like, CSI yeah. the, the spinoff of that. So he was right. even like the main, he was on the original one and it's kind of like, and that whole show is all about replacing cast. Right. You know, so um, that's interesting. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting model. So you yeah. learned a lot. That's what I'm hearing, which is good. Absolutely. Yeah. I get the letter L. <laughs> I will do the L from now on. <laughs> I get the letter L. And <laughs> which is funny because I wonder how many space trips have I turned into some place to get a job and they didn't have no L and they're probably like, she don't know what she's doing. <laughs> well, see, what's funny is, see, see, it's funny because the guy, the white guy told you this is, this is a white show now or something He's like, like that. He's like, you get an L. So, which is means that that's probably come up before. Yeah, they've heard it before. No, I don't I think, think he's heard it before. Been, he, was, he was really joking. I don't think oh, he actually heard it before. Oh, no, yeah, right. no, he, and he, he can actually, he was comfortable enough to say that to me because we were actually friends, but it was, it was interesting. But yeah, I was only, Black person in that room, anyway. So, can you talk about what that's like? Because oh, here, here's, here's why I want to talk about that. Let me let me preface this. It might help you. And I know you got to run in a minute. Here's why. So, what's happening now? Chris and I have watched, and you you've been in the guild for a long time too. We've watched the black committee go from like ten people to like sixty people now. Pretty much every time we forty to sixty people every time we have a meeting, right? Okay. And and. What's happening is they're bringing in all these young staff writers at staff writer level. Now, you're not a staff writer. You're way up there at at least co-EP and, you know, consulting level, right? Mm -hmm. So that level has a voice. The staff writer has no voice in the room for the most part, depending on the room. But for the most part, there's some shit they can't say, right? So what I'm having, what I'm, what's, what I'm seeing is happening is a lot of young writers are getting these opportunities to be, oh, we have a black character, we need a black woman to be in our room. So they bring in a staff writer at staff writer level to be in the room to take care of that position. But there's shit that they can't even speak on, you know, because they're just a staff writer. That's, that's another you thing, feel me? Though. Yeah. It's a catch twenty two almost. It's, but it depends on the show because right. I'm going to tell you again. Okay, let's get it. Both experiences I've just had. Right. With the white showrunners and the quote unquote white family sitcoms, right. as opposed to black family sitcoms, um, that no matter what the title is, everybody in the room speaks equally. Right. And so there's times where staff writers have said things, and I'm like, oh, like are they allowed to do that? <laughs> because of where I come right. from, right. staff writers don't really talk. You kind of there to absorb and get in right. and. Still learning mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I have watched staff writers challenge 
you know, stuff in the room or mm-hmm. say things or, you know, it's, uh, they're not treated, there's no hierarchy. The title is there, yes. Right. In like real <laughs> the life. Check is there too. In the check And the checks are there. Yeah, that, those are things that are different. The lack yeah. of zero. In the room, there's no way of knowing who's actually the staff writer and who are the co-EPs other than, in, let's say, the showrunner steps out and puts this person in charge right. of running the room so you know they're next in line. Right. Other than that, everybody has been equal in both of the rooms that I worked in, a Fuller House and a Crowded. Right. So, and they can have a voice. If, say, say if there was a younger person of color and they were doing an Asian story and you had an Asian woman in the room, they could step in and be like, we shouldn't do that shit? Yep. Sure. The staff writers have been able to say stuff that I was really just like... I don't think you're allowed to talk about like that way. Like they say, and then it was funny though. Could just be these experiences because I know that we've had some situations where some people have said a couple of things where I've seen another co EP mm-hmm. actually say you can't do that, and then another co EP say no, it's okay, okay. and then it's just yeah, vetoed. Yep, that's it. So. I don't know. It's all equal, all even, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yes, on all the black family sitcoms I've ever worked on, there is, I'm telling you, it's just why I, why I dressed up and right. go in there because it's like the showrunner's like your mama. Like, so <laughs> there are just certain things you just do not do and do not say. Right. Um, and the jokes are different. Yeah. No, I don't mean just the jokes going to script. I mean the jokes like within the room. Mm. Any type of racist jokes, sexual right. jokes, whatever. Right. I have worked on shows where I don't even think I've ever been cursed in a writer's room. Really? Yeah, because the showrunner doesn't do it, and so you don't do it, or it's just it's a certain amount of respect. Again, right. it's like right. cursed in front of your mom right. or something like that, or you just you might make a couple of sexual, you know, jokes here and there, like little hints of stuff, right. but nothing big. But all these other rooms I've worked yeah, in. Listen, I've only sat in white rooms, and every time I have, it's like motherfucker. Better, better, yeah. Better. Oh my that god, the level little, of stuff that happens. They throw in F bombs. They throw in C bombs. I like hear. That. I know more stuff about people's uh, right. sex lives, stuff with their wives and right. husbands, and I, I never heard so many blowjob jokes in my life. <laughs> and like, like I've never. I'm telling you, every right. show I've ever worked on up until that point, th- there's no way in the world. Any of my colleagues would make any kind of joke about giving a blowjob or receiving a blowjob or nothing right. on any black show I've ever right. worked on. It just has <laughs> never even come up. Never even crossed my mind. Wow. Now, I go in there, I am like shocked with some of this. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Like, there's a lot of stuff See, said. That's interesting because, <laughs> because like I've heard from black women writers that the language in the writer's room on mm-hmm. these white shows is, like, very oppressive, you know? If you ain't used to it, I guess it could be oppressive. And You're saying oppressive as a black female writer working in a... In, like, white a room. white room. room. Like, see, like, this, like, the language, like what you're saying, these jokes, the type of, like, behavior that men throw out, motherfucker, mm-hmm. this and blah, 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 like, that's not... But, I mean, look... I'm that way. I say what the fuck I want to say. I, I mean, like, why not? That's how we are, you know. And we're and we're in a place where we're. But you to- probably wouldn't say. Let's say like Trump said, "Grab him by the pussy." I don't picture you saying that. I mean, I may say that. In, I mean, I might say that like like repeating that he said it. 
Right. But this is I'm the not going to say, where, well, I grabbed her by the pussy. Like, that's <laughs> right, not what I would say. Right, but this is the room that'll use that to say that, but then use that as an excuse to keep saying other stuff. The, like, it would just right. be yeah. Yeah. a whole day of yeah. jump pussy right. jokes yeah. based on the fact that, did you hear what he said in the news today? And then it would just go on for the rest of the day. Right, yeah. Right, and yeah. it's, a, it's a, a, a whole thing of grabbing by the pussy. It would just be, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it was so much that has... Been said and done. I, no, and no, I, I hear that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious to know. Look, you have just like said several stories that have revealed a difference between what is the black writer room and what the white writer room and is. Men, men and women though. And, yes, I will and say, I work. I, I was the only female with all men one time mm-hmm. on a on a um, pilot. Right. I'm not gonna say any of the men because everybody gonna know where they are. Right. But I was their assistant. And I typed for them, and there was at least six or seven guys all working on this pilot. That was the, my first experience hearing that kind of language, right. as long as I had been in this business, was with them. Because we were next door to a casting agency. Mm. And every time women oh, were going yeah. next door to audition... Oh, they make it a comment. They comment on everything. I never heard the word bitch so much and, you know, whatever, titties, blah, blah, blah. Like, it yeah. just went... Whatever, and I was just the only female there, and just typed and just kept my head down or whatever. <laughs> that was the first time I heard it. Now, just being there, now men, women, whatever, but all non-black. Like now, I'm like, oh my god! Like, yeah, it's it's a whole nother level. It's stuff that happens. Even the writers' assistants that are typing mm-hmm. will be typing and pitching at the same time and saying stuff. Whereas really? any show yeah. or the writer assistant, you sometimes you, they're at another you, table. Yeah, you're not shit. even allowed to speak. You're not <laughs> right. allowed to be near us. Right. Like it's so you know. I'm right. not saying that's how it should be. Right. I'm just saying it was just shocking to see the differences. Like, oh my mm-hmm. god, this is totally different. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen if uh, one of those people one day actually go to a show and is more black. Has a black showrunner, <laughs> they go to say something. <laughs> like, you just said, motherfucker in the room. <laughs> so I don't know, Lord. but yeah, it's it's <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, part of the reason why why we started this podcast was, you know, we used to teach at OBS, you know, mm-hmm. and I felt like, you know, me, I have a potty fucking mouth, so I always felt like I had to. Oops, and sorry, I didn't mean to say that or whatever, and I fucking hated it, and I always felt like the writers' room that I know. Is where you can say whatever the fuck you want to say, and you pretty much can. <laughs> you, know? you pretty much can. But like I said, based on the showrunner, though, right? There's certain things you're just not going to yeah, say. They set, they set the standard. Yeah, the there's just certain showrunners. I had, like I said, I had a lot, a lot of black female showrunners right. that I would never curse in front of them. Right. They're, you know, it's like, yeah, not not them. Like I said, they're not old enough to be my mom, but it just feels right. like it's a respect mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know? just wouldn't do it, even though I probably could have, but just right. wouldn't. So it just never happened. Right. And now where I am, it's just a whole nother level. It's right. It's a lot going on. So, <laughs> and it's fun. I mean, I laugh a lot. Right. You know, I'm like, I, I go home every day and go, damn, I get paid to laugh. Like, right. it's pretty much what it is. But yeah. The hard part, though, of being not just the only black person, though, being mm-hmm. the only person of color, is finding that balance between being the joke killer, mm. like, you know, representing my people, right. and then letting some stuff slide. Right. And I got to make that decision right. to mm. say... It's not okay for you guys to say this, but all right, that one, I'll let you have that one. Yeah, you know it's what I mean? It's important. And that's a hard thing to do. Right. And I've actually, and it's, it is weird because you get put in a position, I cannot tell you how many times someone has turned to me <laughs> and said, can we say that? And then I'm like, well, if you got to ask me, then probably not. Because uh, yeah. 
the fact that you're not sure right. should probably be your gauge. Like, right. maybe you shouldn't say it. Right. Then, you're already you know. feeling guilty. Right, so right, just, right, I'm, right. I'm just trying to like... So that has happened guilt. a lot. Right. Um, and then I have to speak up on behalf of like gay people, right. Asian people, Latino right. people, whatever, because I am the only right. one in the room right. and I'm... It is not my job to take it on, per se, mm-hmm. but... Ain't nobody else there to kind of stop stuff from happening. Right. And then there's some things I've actually heard, even like some jokes. Just some I had some really bad Asian jokes, and I was like, and we had an Asian writer, they wouldn't mm. say it. Mm-hmm. They only say it because no one's here. So I'm like, right. what do they say when I'm not here? Like, right. you know, so. Now, speaking of that, let me just ask you this one last question. So a lot of people always want to know what does a consulting producer do on the show? No Meaning, way. Is it just a title as a, they just, give as a you, title. but you're pretty much on staff every day? Yeah. Sometimes, Chris and I have friends who are consulting. They producers. might go in like three days they a week. They come in three days a week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But varies. you're there every no, day. No, I was there five days a week. Okay. Yeah. I was consulting producer on Crowded. I'm right. co-EP at Fuller House. Right. But yeah, consulting producer, it was, it's usually a title that a person is given when they're not sure where to put you. So I've had my own show and kind of been like the showrunner with Tyler, mm-hmm. but I'd never been staffed before. Right. So they can't make me a staff writer, though. No. That would be, you know di- I mean? be disrespectful. Right. So staff writer, then story editor, and then executive story right. editor were the positions. Right. But then I ain't never been at NBC before. We ain't right. going to just automatically make you a co-EP either. Right. Right. So the consulting producer is the position that's kind of between, you usually see that title, the person is uh, pretty much... Uh, like an in-between stage right. Right. You know Of some sort The producer right. Yeah And you just You know You're there You got skills But maybe we ain't sure Just yet right. Or even like um, Oh god What's the lady's name I can't think of her name right now Judy Smith oh, She's right. a consulting producer Of Scandal Because right. it's really based On her experiences Whatever But she's not a writer yeah. So she has that title right. She's not gonna get a title As a writer right. But she ain't gonna get You know Anything lower But she's mm-hmm. This show is based on her Kind of You know So mm-hmm. It's just a, it's one of those titles they just kind of just use like, right. for yeah, various it's, it's, reasons. It's very flexible because I, I I think Chris Kaiser was like consulting producer on on oh, what's that show that oh, the show the uh, Tyrant yeah. he was on Tyrant yeah. but he created shows mm-hmm. so just but he knew the showrunner and he probably I think he only went in three days a week too so yeah and see stuff. that's another thing now let's suppose I actually let's say I was on Fuller House for like. I don't know, three or four seasons. I don't, I don't even know how many seasons. I'm just saying, but also I'm developing something on my own. The other two days is because I'm already developing something, right. but then I'm working on your show as well, so I get three days with you guys. My other two days are for myself. Right. So that consultant producer title is kind of there. Um, the other thing that I, I have done, and, and which I learned not to do now, um, <laughs> that's gotten me in trouble, which would seem like it wouldn't, <laughs> is correcting uh, punctuation and grammar. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah. I was a writer's assistant. Right. I was a writer's assistant for a long time before I became a writer on the show. So mm-hmm. I can just look at something and I that's like, oh, there's a comma missing or, <laughs> you know, it's not that there. It's this there or right. it's this, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Affect, effect, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like all this stuff is in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so I would bring it up. So I kind of started learning how to now... After it's all said and done and like the room is gone for the day, right. I might go over to the writer's assistant and say, I don't know if you know this on page five, but there was a typo or whatever, and let right. them do it, but not say it out loud in front of everybody. In right. the room. Yeah. Because it is pointed out and I don't know, the boss it slows is like, the room down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like right. you don't fucking stop us for a comma. Right. Like, you know, and right. so I, I pissed I pissed people off. Right, so right, 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 right. so Things I had to learn, yeah. some things, but it's just out of habit. You kind of like they, they brought you back again, so you learned some shit. Yeah, no, well, we're not back here. It was full well, house, I meant from the or, 
How many seeds you been on Fuller House? Like this is it. No, this is the. It's the, just started this year. This third season. It's the third season for the show. Oh, right, I joined okay. third season. Okay, I know. I thought you were in from the beginning for some reason. No, no, second no, no. season. Okay, okay. No, it's the third season airing September twenty second. Right. Like you saying that? <laughs> third season airing uh, coming on Netflix September twenty second. Right. So now that you learned a lot of network stuff, and I'm including Netflix, like because it's network, like same thing. Um. Say you sell another show to a BET TV one type. It's just generalizing here. Mm-hmm. Do you feel you could go there with the structure and things that you learned on the on the other shows? Or do you feel you still would have to adjust to back to what? They oh did? no, no, yeah, no. I think you can kind of go in any show you go into. I think you can kind of go in with your knowledge and say, right. you know, here's how what, I want to do it. Yes, yeah, right. and just say it. And they say A or A. I mean, you know. But you can at least try to say, this is what kind of works for me. It's right. easier, you know. That's the problem, I think, in general. Not just with TV. Right. Businesses in general is what I just said. Here's how it works for me. I, don't, I think that some people get stuck on a particular way of doing things. Right. Everybody doesn't function the same. Right. You know, some people are more visual, you know. And I can just describe something to you. You got it. Right. Some people like literally need you to spell it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like I can pitch an idea to you and you'd be like, what? But if I right. write it out, then you right. go, oh, you know, whatever. So everybody's different. Right. So I can go in and say, this is kind of what works for me. And they might say, well, I, I'm not even understand what you're saying. That was one of the things with Tyler Perry, which is probably why I can write so fast now. <laughs> but it's because we would normally start off, I would start with a beat sheet and you just mm-hmm. really write bullet points of what's going to happen in the... Right. Show didn't help him. He right. was like, "That this is not telling me anything." Outline more detailed. <laughs> He's like, "Nope, still nothing." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, so we just skip all this and just give him a script and let him read the script and say, okay, read the script and tell me if you like it or not." Right. He still couldn't tell you. So it wasn't <laughs> until the day of the table read. Oh my god! The table he read. He needed to hear like, it. That was the very first time. He knew what was happening in that episode was a day wow. of the table read, regardless crazy? of us giving him outlines and scripts and stuff ahead of time. Reading it did nothing for him. He right. had to hear the cast say the words out loud well, before he could get it. Someone who's done plays and movies and all this stuff. Well, it's he like, hadn't done all the movies and stuff at this point. He's done a few, hadn't he? This, no, he's, he was a plays. When he started House of Pain, he was coming from that play world. Right. Yeah, and then he Diary of a Black, Mad Black Woman was his first movie, and that was exactly around the time right. we were starting. Okay, that was it. His his plays were turned into movies, but they were just videotapes of the plays. But mm-hmm. as far as him doing a movie, no. I'm doing a pilot so, right now. With, but even with, with the plays, oh really? Yeah. Oh okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah. but even with the plays, I mean, I guess that's how it is. He sees it on his feet, and that that's how he worked. So, mm-hmm. but everybody works differently. So, mm-hmm. but because of that, I had to skip. Beat sheets and outlines right. and go straight to script. Mm-hmm. And someone once told me that I write as if I'm directing. And I think that came from that because right. I had to, to write it in a way right. that, you know, mm-hmm. I pretty much was um, blocking while I'm writing because I'm like, <laughs> and then she crosses over and says right. this, and then right. he says that, and then he holds up his hand and she puts right. that like all this is in there. It's like this over detail, yeah. but it helped him. Right. So it's like, but I've I've had people now read my scripts though, and they read it and they can just flow through it because they right. see it now. Right. But that became mainly I'm telling you because I right. had to paint the picture for him. Yeah, that was a I good lesson cut, though. I couldn't cut that corners. It helped you eventually. It didn't help me in the long run. Yeah, yeah. it was so, more work for you, yeah, but you learned. It really yeah. was. Right. <laughs> right. But that's that's right. how that's kind of how it went down. So right. yeah, that's, that's and, how I, I learned how to write really fast from David Wyatt. Okay. Yeah, David used to always test me and be like, I need your outline tomorrow. I'd be like, when? <laughs> tomorrow. I'd be like, fuck. 
I need your beats and like tonight. I'm like, damn. But he only did that to me. There were six other people in the room. He didn't do it to nobody else. But you got to get it done. Now I'm like, you know. Yeah, it was just funny. If I have too much time, I'm actually, it's not good. Right. Someone tells me, uh, you got three weeks to give me this. Right. I procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate. I don't <laughs> Two get days to before it. you do it, right? Yeah, but if, if they say I need it tomorrow, then right. I'll knock it out. Right. And, you know, it's a whole nother level. So. I like the pressure of it, too. Yeah, like but it. that's, you know, somebody, somebody, I think it was Ruben Cannon, he made a little comment about, mm-hmm. you know, taking coal and pressing it and becoming right. diamonds. So right. pressure works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I function. <laughs> I got to be under pressure. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, no, it's all good. But, um, yeah, it's, it's the world's from... You know, uh, 10 years ago to now are totally different. Right. Landscape of television has changed. Um, I mean, I mean, stuff has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I teach people about theme songs because uh, I think I mentioned once before theme songs of older shows mm-hmm. from Gilligan's Island, uh, Brady Bunch, whatever. The, 70s the song the told you what the show was about. You, that's all you need to know. It was like, yeah, you just hear the right. song, you know what the show was about. It was a whole minute or so. Dude. And they explained exactly what happened, right? right? This is, so we know that this lady got together, this man, he had three kids, she had three right. kids, they got together, like, you know, whatever, right? Then, you know, there was a shipwreck, they went on three right. on tour, but like everything's right. explained in the song. Now you might get like a beat of right. a song. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then the show starts. So that changed how I had the right too, because right. you got to come out the gate. Right, grabbing the there's audience no time. now. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a really interesting article uh, on NPR last Friday. Mm-hmm. There was an article about on the about theme songs, right? And how they the guy named Mark Post who did the Rockford Files and, yeah, and yeah, did yeah. in the uh, Hill Street Blues. Right. He was saying that the reason now they don't have it is because. They can fit two commercials in the time they of would course. give you right. for the so he's healed. Their fifteen second cues is basically you get to write. So no one really does them unless right. you know. And he said, he, he said on Netflix, there's even a damn button to, to skip the theme song. Right. You know. And uh, and I and I That's was like, crazy. and I said to myself, you know, it's kind of fucked up because the theme songs in most television shows, classic shows. Define that show. I mean, yeah, and absolutely. They, they had Lalo Schifrin on there saying he's. I was like, singing the Fall Guy thing over and over to myself this morning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, the thing that Lalo Schifrin said was he was like, "Look, I want mm-hmm. you to hear the Mission Impossible song mm. and stop what you're doing in the right. house and come to watch the show." Right. All, I mean, nah, that, yeah. right? And, and and now there's no time for that. You don't get like, that now. Yeah, right. it's, it's more content. They try to squeeze it all in there, and um, yeah, things have definitely changed. Right. TV. I don't know. I like the fact that Will and Grace and stuff are coming back. I like I like multicam. I like having the audience in the show and stuff like that. I think single cam actually is visually prettier. I love to. Um, but you know, it take longer to shoot and more expensive, of oh, course. Yeah. Not, um, and they're typically not totally comedies, right? And then right. they're not full on more slice funny of part. life. Yeah. Right. So um, no, I just I like where we are in TV right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually glad that Multicam I, is back more because yeah. there's, there's, there's that little lull where you didn't right. see you hardly, you hardly saw them. I do want the here's the thing that I think we're missing, which is going to sound crazy. We're missing a good times. We're mm. missing what we did as black people. Mm-hmm. Tell it. We forced. <laughs> You know, the TV world, we want to stop showing these images of us in right. Sanford and Son and Good Times right. and stuff like that is poor, right. right? 
So we're gonna come out with the Cosby show and yeah. this and the other. Now we got now we got black. Everybody's kids. middle class. So everybody middle has class. money now. Right. So now there's a whole group of people that are now we now we're not addressing, right? Because right? this everybody in black world does still doesn't have money. So right. most black people in black world don't have no money. <laughs> so there's still it's still like whatever the black version of Roseanne would be, right? Is still missing. Now, if we put that on TV now, though, would people accept it? That's the part that's crazy because we do it. I think they would because I think that it's we sort of see it in the dramas. Like the dramas will will take you into the lower depths of the black community more than the comedy. But I feel that you, I, I feel that you could do it in the comedy. I feel there's a certain level of what you can mine comedically from that that you don't get from like blackish or. You know, or insecure things right. like that. You know that is definitely missing. You're right. right. Yeah, and that's and that's what I, I had someone say to me. I forgot. Oh God, what show are we talking about? Whatever show it was, I was upset because they were um, I, in my mind just doing <laughs> some really crazy ghetto shit. That's mm-hmm. my mind. I was like, oh my God. Why are they doing that? And then someone looked at me and be like, but we need this. And I was like, what? Atlanta, maybe? And then, no, it wasn't Atlanta. Actually, I love Atlanta, but it wasn't Atlanta. And I accepted from Atlanta regardless anyway, because it's like, to me, they're talking about a specific thing right. or place. Mm-hmm. But no, I forgot what sitcom it was and something came on. And I was like, oh, this is so ridiculous. But they made a good point that this is really needed because there's a whole bunch of people that that don't relate to blackish. They relate to the storylines. Right. I mean, we can address all the political stuff and then all that's fine. Right. But to have a closet full of different sneakers like this right. and to have, you know, parent two parent household and the mom was a doctor. Gorgeous and, neighborhood. Yeah, kids <laughs> right. go to private schools right. and all that stuff. Everybody got a car. Right. They get cars for the birthday. Right. You know, there's all this stuff that happens <laughs> that that that's it's we're like, missing, like I said, that black version of Roseanne. Just right. it was just a Working, working class, class family right. that you know they well, just living their life in the where where is it Kelly <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm the one to write it though <laughs> you know, I'm just right. saying it's like, listen I'm writing white people now I'm writing white people <laughs> I mean, that's a good I'm point. Just explain to you where I work now <laughs> I work with white people only I, you know what nah. I write for the one percent if I write for them then I got no time for what you gotta watch it, you, you know I gotta tell you it's <laughs> I gotta make sure I, I stay grounded. I should write it though, because I, I, you can get you can easily get away from that too. Well, I mean, look, I mean, I think there was such a. You're right. The Cosby Show like just opened up things, but I, but you know, I uh, we should have. What I'm saying, we should have both. Well, we should, but but to me, I think your point is is more to the point. I think there's less black middle class now than there was before when the Cosby Show came out. Yeah, and so I feel so. I feel that you're totally. Oh yeah, because so much black wealth was destroyed from the recession right. and has not come back. And I feel like, but we we live in a time where they don't even want you to play Gone with the Wind at the movie theater anymore. I'm like, yeah, it's a classic movie. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck are you talking yeah. about? I mean, yeah. they're tripping. Yeah, they are yeah. seriously tripping. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. I don't think people don't want to look at themselves or they don't want to look and say this is depressing to see. Right. You know, this is this is living. We live in Chicago in the projects or right. whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we don't want to do that show. Right. But. Again, like I said, everybody doesn't grow up like the kids in Blackish, right. which is why it's called Blackish. I mean, I know they, it's the point. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I think we're missing the, the other side of it. I agree. That's I agree. all. You know, totally agree. Right. That, totally, totally agree. So, but, you know, but like I said, I, I'm, I'm enjoying TV right now. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that we have so many options. I don't love the fact that I got to pay for 
Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, yes. and DirecTV. Yeah. It should we, it should be like one thing. Yeah. If we can all have ABC, CBS, and NBC, you know, like you pay, you pay for DirecTV, but you get right. these three networks and they have different stuff. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just pay for one thing and get Hulu, Amazon, and yeah. Netflix? Like you do with HBO and Showtime and all that? Yeah. It should why, be part of the why, package. Yeah, it should just be a package. I, I'm, just dry, because, I'm spending $200 see, dollars because, a month just in programming. Right, exactly. But there's so many awesome spending, things, I can't not spend it. Right. <laughs> spending money on the new shit. I, I mean, look, like Hulu really made a name for itself with The Handmaid's Tale, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, Two years ago, they weren't doing they weren't doing that show. They were really right. doing a lot of comedy and stuff like that. Right. And if they were doing some dramas, they weren't doing that type of political drama. I mean, that's a show that should have been on they got Netflix. Some good stuff, though. On Netflix, but I feel like, but they said, you know what? We have to double down and get people to watch our shit. So let's let's raise the money, right? Because I think they got rid of the you know like Hulu is all like is money now. You can't get the free thing. I don't. Maybe you can, but they want to do shows like that and they want to spend money. And so and so if they, no. they want to spend money. But we have to spend money. It's, a, it's very beautiful, but it's just costly. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so. Well, that's what's up, Kelly. Thank you very much. We appreciate having you, as usual. Oh, it's only been you. two years. Me. Two you years? Know? I guess that's all I had to say. Hopefully, I come back and I'll tell you I have another show or hey. something. I don't know. I'm trying to make it happen. It's coming. It's hard to keep up with, um, I guess it's not even keeping up, trying to find what the next thing is. Right. You know, yeah. remember, like it was like, all right, like I just said, we had the we had the sitcoms, mm-hmm. like you know, every, which I appreciate. This, oh, let me go back. Let me say the thing I appreciate about Sanford and Son and Good Times and stuff too. Everything took place in one room. Oh God, they used I that one set piece all the right. time, didn't they? And I, like I said, single cam is beautiful to look at, right. but then I think because you can go so many places, right. sometimes it hurts some of the writing because mm-hmm. you're like letting the scenes kind of right. tell the story as opposed yeah. to like, if, if you had to combine on plot. You watch right. Room 104 on HBO? I only watched the first one, half of it. Oh, that that to me is the most genius shit ever. Room 104, you know it. It is one room. Really? It's a hotel room, Room 104. Right. Every episode, you can watch them out of order because they're not connected. Okay. Every episode takes place in this one hotel room. Right. It never leaves the hotel room. Every, the whole episode really? is in this hotel room. Two beds, like a, a dresser, a nightstand, and a bathroom. Really? That's all that's in this hotel room. And this episode might be current day. Maybe next episode might take place in 1987, whatever. But it's oh, all yeah. in this one hotel room. No more than two cast members really? per because you can't have a whole bunch of people in the hotel room. Right, right. Usually one or two people. Right. Each episode is something different. And I'm like, yeah, this is how TV used to be done. One room. So I'm like, all right, cool. All <laughs> oh, that's dr- nice. But, see, but not dramas. That's why I think that show's interesting to me. The one, 104 is that it's a drama. It's in one room. But it's half hour too, right? Yeah, it has a little comedy in it. Yeah. Little, it's some episodes. Not, but it's, it's deep and dark. Yeah. It's almost like Ryan Murphy-ish. But mm. it's, yeah, it has some moments. Because our, our, show, our show is a half hour, our show is a half hour drama with some comedy. So like that's what they're saying they're looking for now. Like more yeah, so if you got like Atlanta, right? right it's half right. hour, which is dramatic, but it has lots comedy, of comedy, lots in it. Of yeah, comedy. whatever. But um, right. insecure all all these half hours, but they're also they're a little bit of both. Right. So yeah, that's the thing. But I mean, they've been doing that for a while though, because there's Jackie and all the sure. other things. They're all half hour, but yeah. I mean, Edie Falco's winning. Emmys yeah, for, for drama, you know, yeah. for no for comedy. comedy, yeah, comedy. But it, the show is very dramatic. She's a right. drug addict and some other stuff. <laughs> Why is she winning for comedy? But exactly. they put that half hour in there, so right. you know. But I'm saying, like I say, so anyway, we've gone from those sitcoms and half hours in the one room 
to now stuff like Atlanta, which I'm loving. Mm-hmm. But even I watched Girls, but I had a pilot that I got to argue with my agents about because they wanted me to have a storyline for all the main characters in the pilot. <laughs> and I was like, we don't do that no more. They're like, do you watch Atlanta? Like, right. there could be an episode they got nothing to do with nothing. nothing. Like, and only one cast member's in it. You don't right. even see the rest of the cast, like, at right. all. They're not even in the entire episode. So I don't have to address everything with nope. every character in every episode, nope. you know? But I'm glad to see the stuff is changing. But unfortunately, my agents at the time weren't. They weren't caught We're up. It. <laughs> That's your job. That's that is your job. Are you behind? Oh, you got to go now. So, but anyway. Well, thank you, Kelly Griffin. Oh, thank you for having me, sir. All right. And congrats on everything. One of the things I love about you, Kelly, every time you say you're going to do something, the shit comes. It, take, really? it might take you a minute, but it seemed like every time I hear you say you're going to do something, it's uh-huh. like, finish that script, fade out then. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But even, even if it's something as simple as saying you're going to write a script in a day or two and you finish it, like those that, little that, things. My feature right. that I wrote in eight days. Right. Oh, one last thing. Okay. So what happened with the Howard University thing? What's going on? Can you oh, talk about that? Bison's. Right. Yes. Okay. One... The pod, the podcast and the yeah no the podcast actually we we did we had success with the podcast right. but um in order to get all my other bison like Taraji Henson and Anthony mm-hmm. Anderson and I mean like you know really big big name bison right. that are currently working and doing stuff that everybody knows like household names now right. um is hard right. um and each person says they want to do it right. but they'll do it after. Like the Search show gets projects, some legs right, right. or this happens or whatever. So we just wait for one person to just do it right. and then the rest will follow, I yeah. guess. I don't know. But it's like casting. Like as soon as yeah. you get one actor on, then all of a sudden. Yeah, everybody's like, okay, yeah, I'll do that show. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Right. And so that was part of it. The other part was um the scripts. We got submissions for the contest that we had, mm-hmm. but the scripts, in my opinion, weren't as good as I want them to right. be. Because you need like to I, be able to warrant a star. Right. You know I wanna mean? I wanted to have a feature film that mm-hmm. that when I read it, even if it needs some tweaks and changes, that I just it just like I just oh, this is it. Right. And I haven't found that script yet. So right. I kind of just said, you know what, I'm not gonna keep having this contest. Right. I, one, I'm very big I actually gave everybody their money back. Oh wow! Because I'm very big on I don't for, I never want to look like a scam artist. Right. I don't have a submission fee. You right. submit your your script for my contest, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, nah, none of them are good. We ain't picking a winner. And then I have another contest. Right. And I'm just keeping. Now I'm collecting right. people's money, right? right? So I actually emailed people and gave them their money back, and still gave them notes on their script. Wow! And um, you know, thanked them and yeah. everything, but was like, you know, I just, but I can't. Um, it's just not there, and I don't have the right. time to like, you know, really kind of massage and work with the person. Right. I kind of needed like almost ready to shoot in a sense. I know there's going to be drafts, right. you know what I'm saying? But right. a lot of people that were submitting were um, students or new, or, you know, whatever, and it just wasn't just there right. like I want. And if I'm going to try to do a project... Because the rule had to be that it had to come from a writer who went to Howard or is at Howard. Yeah, yeah. Like, they had to be from Howard, and like it got to be <laughs> starring people from Howard, right. uh, you know, hair, makeup, wardrobe people want from Howard. Wow. Like I wanted to be all like Howard right. people, you know, some extras. We can go to get any Howard students, right. you know, um, 
I understand Grips and Electric probably ain't gonna be Howard. I, I see going they're gonna be my my tatted brothers. Right. <laughs> exactly. they, they, they won't be from Howard. But I was trying to do this whole thing, but it was really just like a, I gotta. Yeah, it just yeah, that's, that's okay. bottom line. It just wasn't what I wanted it to be. Right. I, I still think it's probably gonna be out there. I don't know. The the pilot, I mean the pilot, the feature I was just talking about just now, and I said I wrote in eight days. Right. I. I actually think that could be it, but then also in my mind, I think I worry too much what people think. In my mind, I keep thinking, then people think that I just decided to use my own script to do it. But um, I Can't picture, you start, but I if picture you, Lance if you did Gross. did yours and you did another one with somebody else, maybe that'll help. Maybe so. I picture Lance Gross, mm-hmm. who went to Howard. I picture him as right. the lead in my script. Um, and I think I posted this on Facebook. The day right. I actually said right. that I think I want Lance Gross to be in my script, right. I ran into him. That's and, right. I did. Yeah, that. like I, I was that. literally stepping out of Barnes yeah. and Noble, and <laughs> he, his wife, and his daughter were on the dag on a trolley at the at the Grove. Right. That little trolley car, right. the right. sitting on the trolley. <laughs> and I heard somebody <laughs> call my name, so I was like, I think I think Lance is supposed to be this lead, honestly. Go with your heart. But what to do with everybody else? All the other characters? Do I keep it Howard thing, or does it keep the Lance thing? I'm not sure. Um, and then I have I have it at a couple of places, okay. and then my boy Brandon Broussard from mm-hmm. Howard just has he's doing he, really well right he has, now. Uh, yeah, yeah, Reality High on Netflix, right. and also you know I text him too. I'm like, who's your feature contact over at Netflix? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> he's like, who's your TV contact over at Netflix? <laughs> so we exchange contacts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> hopefully, um, yeah, I can get uh, somebody at Netflix maybe to look at. It. I don't yeah. know, but let me say one last thing to you. Keep doing this, by the way. One of, the, one of the things I love you do, whenever I scroll in your feed, like I think you do it like, like every, every other month or something, you'll do it. Or, you going to say my with post? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen her little with? She does these little posts. I say I'm with somebody. She'll say, so I'm at, I'm just spitting out, I'm at Spago today and I'm with Tom Cruise. And then she'll go dot, dot, dot. And she'll by like, with, I mean, <laughs> he was sitting at one table and I walked by and he didn't acknowledge me or something like that. Like, you know? Those would be good tweets, too. I yeah. guarantee you people would people really? connect to I that. have, yeah, I they actually started connect. hashtagging them. I got to go back and hashtag the rest. Yeah. But my dog park is where most of them come from. That's it's funny. the craziest thing, the number of celebrities <laughs> at my dirty-ass dog park. It is a dirty-ass dog park. Oh, Over there in Silver Lake? <laughs> yeah, in Silver Lake. And there, I mean, everybody from Jesse Tyler Ferguson right. to the lead from Hung. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the Asian dude from Dexter. Like, right, right. Everybody goes to this damn dog park. One time, three <laughs> cast members at the same time from mm-hmm. How to Get Away with Murder were there. Wow, really? And I'm like, why all three of them together here? They had to, with their dogs. They had dogs. And they were just there. But I'm like, does everybody live in this neighborhood? Right, yeah, right. so. That's funny. That's the, way, the dog park where the witch story started. So. Mm. I, just think it, I just think it's a good tweet thing to do that I think mm-hmm. you know, Yeah, I'm not good. That's what I said. That, that was the other problem with the bison thing is that I'm not great at social media. I right. got to get better at right. tweeting. And I'm not that, that good at either. I promote the show. I just blast it two or three times a day and that's it. You know, yeah, we have, I don't have a lot of followers. We have, I tweet I, as much I, I, as we, I We should have 50,000 fucking followers really, easily, yeah, but yeah. I just don't, I don't promote it like that. I, I, I'm like, like at 300 or something. I, right. I don't tweet. But I was funny though today... I, I well, you do pissed. it for the show? I got, well, yeah. Okay. I got pissed today at something that uh, Trump did. Oh, boy. And I actually made a comment, and I looked at my phone, and I had 15 retweets. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, that's the first time that right. has ever happened. Right. <laughs> yeah, because he pissed me off. He's fucking... Ugh. <laughs> Be careful with that, though. Be careful with that. <laughs> I know, right? They'll be, be like, they'll totally start uh, researching my... I'll be like... Trying to Google something or well, what, stuff pop we, up on my Chris laptop. and I were talking Big about we, watching. Chris and I were watching that we, we we always watch all the UFC fights and the boxing and all the stuff like mm-hmm. that. 
And so we were watching last night, and we were talking about this with, with somebody else we know who's always on talking about all this stuff. And, and I was telling him, I said, one of my mentors told me, Hill, be really careful saying all that shit, because when I hire somebody on staff or hire a writer or director or whatever, first thing I do is check their Twitter, check their Facebook, and see what type of bullshit they're talking about. Yeah. That's you know true. what I mean? So just be really No, nah, I was just mad at, him for, mad at him for it. I don't really tweet him, but I, right. I was mad at him for tweeting the tweet that he tweeted. No, that's fine. <laughs> Fine, you can respond in whatever way you want. Was it? Just, yeah. be, just be, just somebody you know, might be watching yeah, it. All you got to be careful, <laughs> right? All. I mean, you can say, I'm not saying this is yourself, but no, not at all. You can't say, fuck that motherfucker Trump. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, hey, I, can I tell you, I deleted several tweets before I said what I wanted right. to say, so I'm, I'm very aware. Trust me. That's what I'm I ain't say what I was going to say. Right. <laughs> so, can people, can people follow you, even though you ain't never they can on follow Twitter? me? Yeah, everything's under my name. I think it's uh, Kelly R. Griffin. Right. Which is on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Is it Kelly? I think it's Kelly Girl yeah, it's 247 Kelly Girl. on Instagram. I think so. Instagram is Kelly yeah. Girl 247. Yeah. Kelly, you always like have, I got Kelly got Kelly Girl. You always have cute, cute pictures of the kids and stuff. Kelly Girls, yeah. yeah. Kelly Girl 247 on Instagram. Kelly R. Griffin on Twitter, okay. I believe. Yeah. And then right. and then my Gmail is <laughs> Kelly R. Griffin, which everybody knows now. It's just my name. Kelly right. R. Griffin. People forget the R though. So you put the a R lot. in there. So Kelly R Griffin at Gmail right. if you want to contact me. Okay, cool. That's Where you at, it. Chris? <clears throat> Instagram, Twitter at unauthorized CBD, and the website shadowboxercinema.net. That's what's it. And I'm your boy Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show Screenwriters RR on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions? ScreenwritersRantRoom at Gmail dot com. Um, um, please go on iTunes, give us a five-star review. We do need that for the Matrix and shit like that. <laughs> Big shout-out to all the countries that are following us. We appreciate it. Um, all the fans, all the emails, everything we get. We love that shit. Um, and shout-out to Lisa's mom. Yes, Lisa. Feel better. She'll be back. Um, we love you, girl. And um, um, this will be out in a couple weeks, like probably like two. Um, so anyway, thank you, Kelly. You're welcome. We thank love you, you for girl. having me. All right, Chris. We appreciate you. <laughs> Stepping Thank you. in, hanging in here, trying to do, do it. your thug dizzle. Yeah, you know my my ego's lost today, so uh, that's another story. But well, we we appreciate you coming <laughs> in, girl. Anyway, we're joining with me, everybody. You know how we're doing on on the show. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2017. 2017. Peace, y'all. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.